3: What happened to the cat that ate a ball of yarn? Yeah. They had mittens. Wow. And if you're yeah. hitting you, you're you. yeah. why did the dust bunny fall in love with a Roomba? It was swept off its feet. Yeah. What do you call a pile of kittens? Yeah. A meow-ten.
5: From the world-famous Kerf Electric Network Studios, it's Weird Medicine, the first and still only uncensored medical show in the history of broadcast radio. Now a podcast, I'm Dr. Steve with my little pal, Dr. Scott, the traditional Chinese medicine practitioner who gives me street cred with the hole alternative medicine assholes. Hello, Dr. Scott. Hey, Dr. Steve. And my partner in all things, Tacey. Hello, Tacey. Hello. This is a show for people who would never listen to a medical show on the radio or the internet. If you have a question you're embarrassed to take to your me- regular medical provider, if you can't find an answer anywhere else, give us a call at 347-766-4323. That's 347-POOHID. Follow us on Twitter at Weird Medicine or at Dr. Scott WM. Visit our website at drsteve.com for podcasts, medical news, and stuff you can buy. Most importantly, we are not your medical providers. Take everything here with a grain of salt don't act on anything you hear on this show without talking it over with your healthcare provider. All right, very good. Please don't forget to check out stuff.drsteve.com, stuff.drsteve.com for all of your shopping needs. Just click through, go to Amazon. It really helps keep us on the air. And uh, Dr. Scott's website, it's simply herbals.net, which we'll talk about in a second, and then patreon.com/weirdmedicine that's Tacy and me and uh we do the exam room where we have celebrities ask us questions or we answer your questions. 100% of questions that are called to Patreon get answered. So Patreon.com slash Weird Medicine. And then if you want me to say fluid to your mama, just call uh, or well, click on Cameo.com slash Weird Medicine. It's dirt cheap. It's fun. Um it's I, I really enjoyed doing it. So I'll drop the price even further if I have to. I just hate for people to look at it and go, Wow, that guy really there's he's got nothing going on. <laughs> Nine dollars bad enough. But anyway, all right.
3: You know, I want you to think about my parents. Oh, what and I? then think about my voice. Uh-huh. And then think about how lucky I am to have it.
5: This is true. Yeah. Well, well, you see, without your parents, you wouldn't have any voice at all because you would not exist. But I I'm just
3: saying, mean. I'm lucky to have but the voice
5: Joe, <laughs> no. that
3: I've been given. Yeah, considering, yes. right? You've got yes. your
5: dad's vocal cords in a woman's body, and then you've got all 40. You
3: need to just stop right there.
5: 42 years of conditioning it. of your mother.
3: Yes. Okay. Fair.
5: And look at here. Here's Dr. Scott. Just uh, made it into the studio. Hello, Dr.
6: Scott. Hey, Dr. Steve. Hey, Tace.
5: Hey. All right. Uh, check out Dr. Scott's website. It's simplyherbals.net. That's simplyherbals.net. And uh, he has the uh, absolute, not a commercial, uh, best um, CBD saline nasal spray that has ever existed on the face of the earth, and I do mean that. I give Dr. Scott a lot of, sh- sh- you know, the S word, <laughs> uh, but uh, it's I'm not I'm not kidding in this uh, yes. situation. So, Thank all you. right, very Thank good, you. <laughs> good, sir. Um, you know what time it is, Tase? All right.
3: Oh no. Mm-hmm. It's
5: tacy's time of topics, a time for tacy to discuss. Topics of the day. Not to be confused with Topic Time with Harrison Young, which is copyrighted by Harrison Young and Area 58 Public Access. And now, here's Tacey. Hello, Tacey.
3: Hello, everyone. So I have an article about penile length and is an increase in penile length a cause for concern?
5: Mm, Why would it be?
3: I have no idea. So now
5: male fertility has been <laughs> declining over time. It's interesting that as male fertility is reported to be declining, it's really sperm count that you have a story that shows over time male uh, penis length has been increasing. Mm-hmm. So let's hear that.
3: Okay. Sperm quality and testosterone levels have decreased oh. over the last few <laughs> Sorry. decades. Sorry. Well,
5: okay. Go. Well, very good. Okay.
3: And in established, a study published... February 14th in the World Journal of Men's Health. They they compiled seventy-five studies conducted between nineteen forty-two and twenty twenty-one.
5: Okay. Of penis legs?
3: They found let me get to it.
6: Okay.
5: Oh the sorry. average
3: penile length of fifty-five thousand seven hundred and sixty-one men increased by twenty-four percent over twenty-nine years. Wow. Could be due to environmental pollution. Pollutants or an increase in sedentary lifestyles.
5: Both sound what well, it, it sounds great.
3: These could Give be us causing. More pollutants. Oh,
5: you know what it is, Scott? Hmm. It's that damn DDT that we used to run. There, there well, it is.
6: That, that's what did it for made you. Made our penis longer. <laughs>
3: it's saying it, it. it could be causing reproductive related changes. Now I've had wine, so just bear with me. Okay. That's fine. Um, (laughs) what were the motivations behind the study? You know, the sperm counts and testosterone levels have been declining, also increasing rates of male congenital birth defects. Mm,
5: I don't Mm. like that part. No,
3: I don't either. Erect penile length is getting longer from an average of 4.8 to 6 inches in over the last 29 years. None of that. Please, sir. Thank you. Okay. What are the health implications and factors at play?
5: Hmm. Well, deeper penetration, I would assume, would well, be one Well, no, of they're
3: not going with this sex-wise. No. Unfortunately, <laughs> really? what this else wasn't is there? From penthouse, um, could be <laughs> chemical exposure, pesticides, or hygiene oh, products. See.
5: Pesticides. Mm. Okay, I'm going to do this for myself. Give thyself a bell. <laughs>
3: Chemical exposure has also been—I don't know this
5: word—posited,
3: okay. posited,
5: posited. Yeah, in posited? other words, they're they're um, putting that, flying that as a um, as an idea.
3: Okay, never heard that word before. For a cause. For going into puberty earlier. So what do we need to oh, look at next? So we need if people to...
5: are going into puberty earlier, they have yes. more time to grow their penis? Maybe the time of puberty is longer.
3: See, if you were a woman, you would know people were going through puberty earlier because women are going through That's puberty.
5: That's right, early. but guys are like hiding it. Yeah. Mm. I remember when I was in the shower and I had more pu- I had pubic hair and nobody else did. Mm. And I remember somebody saying, Ooh. You know, I almost said my name. Ooh, Steve. You know, nice forest down there. And I was like, Ah, oh, that's oh, deep. Oh, number one. Early, oh, gross. Don't, he peaked early. Uh, but gross, yes, you know, it's why are you legend looking? Legend. And number two, why are you commenting? <laughs> good lord!
3: So we need it's to take a, good a look. Icebreaker.
6: Yeah,
5: <laughs> <laughs> look
3: at my hair, guys. Yeah. <laughs> you take a look at the pediatric population and ask if there are similar changes according to women's reproductive organs?
5: Interesting. Mm. So bigger clitorises, are you saying, or something like that, or bigger?
3: I just, I meant what I said, to ask if there are similar changes occurring to women's reproductive organs.
5: Okay, that would be a similar change. Mm. Is bigger external genitalia. They did not
3: mention a clitoris anywhere in this article. Okay.
5: Mm. Thank you.
3: Do you Thank have, you. Do you have
5: any other topics? Was no. It, oh, this was Tacy's time of topic. Yes. So, uh, yeah, when I remember thinking, when I was a kid, I went to a um, Boy Scout camp. And uh, we had, oh, by the way, did you ever have a kybo at your camp? No. Well, that's what we did. It was called the kybo, K-Y-B-O, was keep your bowels open. And it was basically the latrine, right? Mm. And um, But I remember... That I'm walking by and seeing one of the adult counselors taking showers with the other kids. And I thought, when I'm older, I'm going to have this big giant penis mm-hmm. that actually sticks out from my body. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm. right and the shower water will drip off of it and no goodness. And looking back I oh on goodness. it, this counselor was in there with a big old heart on.
3: Oh, that's really oh, terrible. I know like
5: three. <laughs> Isn't that strange? Uh, yeah, yeah, you ruined my topic, yeah, yeah, topic. topic. Well, no, your topic time is over. I'm just telling fun it. stories from my youth. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Steven's
6: I mean, flashbacks. How we, how, right? Oh, God. Yeah, but We're our, all going to be jaded from that story. That
5: guy's oh, stupid God. cock is oh, burned God. in my brain from when I was like seven, oh, seven eight years old. Lord... Oh, man. So I'm sure he was thinking about something else. Okay, well, moving on. Um, I was on a show this week called Mom Swipes Left. And it's uh, two women, Jen and Carol, from Maine. And uh, they have a, a somewhat fanatical audience. They've got this guy that's a... Potato, like Cardiff. matter of fact, that's where Cardiff got the potato from. Okay. But he's a potato underground, and he does an after show to their show called Palm uh, Swipes After. And then Cardiff started doing the potato because he would do an after show to Palm's after show because palm is just French for potato. Mm-hmm. And he would do palm swipes after, palm swipes after, and then he kept the potato, and then the potato became Cardiff Electric, and now everybody thinks of him as the potato. But the truth is, palm swipes after was first. But anyway, fanatical fan. And I had a lot of fun on their show because – They asked a lot of weird medicine questions. I mean, stuff that we used to get way back in the day, back when this show was really weird medicine before COVID ruined it and it became a little bit more serious. And I've been wanting to kind of get back to doing more dicks and nuts and that kind of stuff. And uh, uh, it was basically an hour of those kinds of questions. So it was it was a blast. And uh, they were really funny, and I think more people should probably be listening to them, at least listen to my episode, Mm. which will be up. Which will be
6: awesome. Yeah,
5: (laughs) (laughs) which it should be up by the time you hear this. But anyway, um, uh, so I said, why don't we do a bit where you guys call in every week and or, you know, whenever you have a notion and uh, call in a weird medicine question. And uh, we'll plug your show, and uh, it'd be good for everybody. Cool. So it's um, where did I put this thing? Okay, here it is. Here's their sweeper that I made this morning. It's very rudimentary, but it'll it'll just have to do. It's time for Mom Swipes Left has questions with Jen and Carol from the Mom Swipes Left podcast.
1: Hey Dr. Steve. Hey Dr. Steve. It's Jen and Carol from Mom Swipes Left. We have a question for you. How common is it for a man to ejaculate with a little bit of blood in it? Like is that a terrifying thing? Wait, wait, wait. Pause. Yes. What? (laughs) One time someone in my life ejaculated and there was a little bit of blood in it. It was pinkish. nasty. Okay. Okay. Let's not shame. I'm wondering.
5: Yeah, let's not hematospermia shame. I wanted to wait for you to be here since you and I have... uh common interest in this question how common
1: that is because i would imagine that if you get like smacked in the nuts or you you move a wrong way there's a lot of blood vessels in your in your nuts and stuff Are nuts that sensitive i think they might be that's what i'm asking you dr steve how common is it for that to happen because most men ejaculate into a mouth or an ass or a pussy oh right And that never know right huh thanks dr steve you're the best no,
5: thank you. That's a great question. So, uh, yeah, Tacey, you probably remember when this happened to me. No, nope. do you not?
3: No. Wow,
5: you really don't pay attention, do you?
3: <laughs> it's okay. We
5: were in Jamaica, and we had had. Oh, I do. Okay. <laughs> thank oh, you. yeah. Now you. We we were in Jamaica, wow, and we had Jack. had we had had a session, if you know what I mean. And uh, I um, noticed that there was some, some blood that was just sort of dripping into the turlet at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, I ended up, that's when I ended up having to have the uh, uh, fiber optic scope.
6: Mm-hmm. Yes.
5: So it is called hematospermia. Dr. Scott's had it too. Did you?
6: Is that why you had it? Did you have hematospermia? Why did you have the scope done? I, well, prostatitis. Okay. Yeah, just to rule out any kind of prostate or bladder or cancer. Yeah, but I, I certainly probably had some of that too. Yeah,
5: the yeah. good the good news is that the condition is usually benign. Yes, you would think blood in the semen would be uh, a sign of something bad, but um, you you do have to exclude the bad things first. Yep, yep. you do a physical exam, you do some laboratory eval. And then every once in a while, you get the old fiber optic tube shoved up your urethra. Sweet mother of pearl. <laughs> now, what uh, my friends are telling me who have had this more recently. Uh-oh.
6: Uh-oh. Amber, Amber alert. alert. Yep.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: Okay. In another city altogether. So I hope the kid is okay. They can. The... Um, uh, the urologists are a little bit better about doing these things than they were when you and I did it. Because
6: when you and I had it done by the same guy, and it mm-hmm. might've just been him. Mm-hmm. It might've been his technique. I'm thinking yeah, and the, his desire to inflict pain on us, I would agree. <laughs> yes, And he, he
5: was a funny sort of guy that way. Mm-hmm. And he um, took numbing gel and put it on the end of this fiber optic tube. It was probably... The size of maybe a cocktail, um,
6: a a cocktail straw. I was thinking more like a small finger. (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) At least that's what it felt like. It does feel that way. Bales, Bales, Junior. You have a lot of,
5: uh, there's a whole lot of nerve
6: endings in that part of the body. Yes, it was was not fun.
5: But it was, uh, yeah, so, you know, you got a cocktail straw, sort of uh, flexible fiber optic scope, and he put numbing gel on the end of it and then just jammed it in my urethra through my...
3: it takes 20 minutes for numbing gel to work.
6: Thank you. Oh, oh. Ooh, Give myself it. a bell. Son of a bitch. How many am I down now? That is correct. Well, I've got you one. You last He's time. That's true. Damn it. But... Um,
5: you, uh, it yes, it doesn't absolutely nothing. Yeah, it made them feel better. Yeah, doesn't make us feel better. And to the point that I was in so much discomfort. Now, I, again, Scott and I have talked about this before, but we don't want to dissuade anyone from having this done. No. So it wasn't that bad, but it's fun to talk about how bad it was. But it was bad enough that when I. When I left that place, I backed into somebody's car and I got out and it was like I couldn't wait to get home because I felt like my urethra had razor blades, was lined yep. with razor blades. And I got out of the car, looked real quick, no damage, took off home. Mm. And then about an hour later, I get a knock on the door and it's this police officer saying, Did you hit somebody in the parking? And it's like, Yeah, but there wasn't any damage. Mm-hmm. Looking at that later, Mm -hmm. I think that somebody saw me hit the car, get out and look at the thing and then take off. And then they told the person whose car it was Mm -hmm. what my license plate was. And then they went, oh, yay, I can get this other light on the wrong side fixed by this guy's insurance company Mm -hmm. because it was the – there's no way in hell I could have hit that side of their car with my car. But anyway, so, but I digress. Hmm. Uh, so – and then it was, it was totally normal. So in men younger than 40 without risk factors uh, – and the risk factors would be history of cancer, any sort of known problem of your urogenital your, your system or any bleeding disorders – And in men with no associated symptoms whatsoever, which was me, you know, hematospermia is self-limited, requires no further evaluation. Every once in a while, they'll put you on an antibiotic just to make you feel like you're doing something. And, uh, you know, many cases are attributable to sexually transmitted infections, but that wasn't my case. So it was just one. It was You're one and done. Right. Well, I mean, you know, Tacey's pretty clean. <laughs> Tacey's pretty clean. Yes, yes, yes. But anyway. So, yeah. Now, if you have fevers or chills or That's bone pain or yeah. anything like that, then you got to do something else. Yeah. And, uh, you know. But, yeah. It's uh, it's
6: not that common, but it ain't that uncommon. Not either. uncommon here. Either. And to answer our other question, are the testicles sensitive? The answer would be yes. <laughs> yes. Okay, yes, well, uh, yes.
4: Just give yourself get... a bell. No. Oh, there
6: you Just to clear that up for where's
5: anybody? Well, I wonder? think what she was saying is if you got kicked in the balls, would it make your sperm bleed? And the answer to that is most of the time not. Most of the time, no. No. Now, if you get kicked in the balls, it could give you epididymitis, and that sucks. That sucks. But yeah. I, that's why I had to stop bodybuilding mm-hmm. because I started getting uh, epididymitis, and every time I would lift and do the, you know, the Valsalva maneuver, mm-hmm. um, those twelve ounce curls were well, killing shit, me. Go they? fuck yourself. <laughs> I was. <laughs> I'm taking a bell away.
6: <laughs> no, no, don't you see, don't debel me. See, oh, stupid man, mind. Dang it. Stupid.
3: Stupid.
5: Dang it. No, dude. I, I used to go with this guy. His name was Gary Latta. He and and I were both ham radio operators. He was in uh, Durham, North Carolina, Nerd. and we we would compete against each other at the at the gym. And uh, we got to where we were curling the max on the dang machine, dude, and that's when we had to go to uh, free weights. So I've got that. Listen, I know you, you can't got the tell twenty-four inch now. gun
6: pythons. Like I had, Hulk Hogan.
5: I had. There's pictures of me holding my nieces up by right. my guns, and they know? weighed
3: eight pounds each. Eight exactly. Okay,
6: all right. Okay, so we know there's you no part lying. of story that, the story except for the. That could, that could be true. Two ham radio operators that lift weights? Not a chance. <laughs> okay, fair. one maybe, but fair. not two. There's just no way. the same in the same, the in the same city. Yep, Uh-oh, lost another days. bell. Now you're oh, minus it. one. Oh man, you can't go back to my last show. You can only take away from future shows. <laughs> okay, okay, fair. fair. All right. <laughs> I won last show. Fair. That was
3: square. hilarious.
6: <laughs> that is true though. We, <laughs> we were an anomaly. Hey, but, but true. Now, but true. Weight can can certainly cause you yeah. know, bleeding bleeding down there in the well, it certainly caused epididymitis for me. So, you know, I just got this horrible pain like I'd been kicked in the
3: balls. Oh, it's awful.
5: Every time I went in and started lifting, you know, so. Awful. Anyway.
3: There's so, this guy at the gym I'm going to start
5: lifting again just so I can improve. Because I should pump back up pretty quickly, given that it's only been 50 years since I, hmm. <laughs> since I did this.
3: Let me tell you about this guy at the gym today. Oh,
5: okay. Yeah.
3: He was doing dead weights. Yeah. Way too much weight. He couldn't handle it. Yeah. Spitting everywhere in the middle of a pandemic. Spitting. Yeah, like.
5: Oh, you mean he was getting it up there. Yeah,
3: yeah, spitting just and it was going. Oh jeez. So I probably have COVID now.
5: And this is a chain. Oh goodness. Sakes.
3: Hmm.
5: And this is a chain place. It's not some no, crappy it's not gym. A
3: chain? I don't think. Oh, it isn't. It's, no. Okay.
5: Okay. Well. All right. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say the name. No, that's uh, pretty gross. Listen, if you're gonna deadlift and stuff, make the, stay within your weight
3: and don't spit everywhere. And then, uh,
5: then, then you won't spit. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know.
6: God, have you ever seen these monster dudes in the Olympics? Oh gosh, that? it's amazing! It's incredible. I love watching the those the strongest man in the universe contest where they carry those those damn boulders and stuff. Right? Oh yeah, like, holy yeah, military. or logs. Or logs or whatever. Who cares? It's yeah, like cars. I couldn't move one with a I couldn't move one with a fork truck, you know. <laughs> no, I don't
5: <laughs> Holy it's money. amazing. Oh, it's man. like those guys are different species from yeah, us. Yeah, really. All right. Here's a good one. Tacey, you've got some ability to answer this one. Oh.
4: Hey Doctor Steve and Doctor Scott, what's happening? What's up? Hey. Good to see we Well say how to taste. Hey, I have a question for you. Oh well. Not COVID related. How about that? Oh, oh thank you. Good. So uh, I was wondering, um, I have really bad GERD. And since they removed Zantac from...
5: The okay, when he says GERD, he means gastroesophageal reflux disease. Most of the time, people, it manifests as heartburn.
4: Mm-hmm. So, okay. Shells um, or ranitidine. Yep. They I haven't been ranitidine. able to find anything that works. Do you know if they're going to try to bring that back without the cancer
2: or are they working <laughs> on anything that you
4: know of that you've seen in your journals, holla back. Hope y'all are doing good. Thanks. Bye.
6: You want me to start? Yeah, go. Oh, I'll take, I'll take the first you take yeah, the medicine part. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, first thing we always tell people is, is with, with, with GERD, um, any kind of uh, heartburn, start warm foods, warm drinks. You want the stomach to be warm so that it, it, the food moves through your stomach more quickly and less acid is produced in the stomach. So that will cut down a little bit. And that's number one. Number two, um, for acute cases, or if you have it occasionally, a little shot of mustard, down the old hatch does help a little bit. Which is um, crazy, yeah, but I can attest that yeah. he is not wrong yeah. about this. Yep. It's so. not a cure, but it is a, it is, it is. Give early myself
1: early. a bell.
3: Yes. Giving him out. I'm only negative one Just, now. Yeah.
6: Yes. Back to negative no, one. you're at 0 <laughs> you're good. But uh, So there are a couple things you can do. You can do to hopefully not have to take the medication, but sometimes you do have to take those medications. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And well, Dr. Steve, you got some of those. You know,
5: well, Zantac was <laughs> ranitidine. Mm-hmm. And in, uh, like, 2020, the FDA issued a recall of the -the over-the-counter versions of ranitidine, generic name of Zantac. And I'm going to keep saying that because there's a reason, and you'll see in a second. Um, They uh, were—it didn't matter what company produced it, and the FDA said that there was cancer risk on all the versions that were out on the the shelf. So they come out with a new name— Zantac 360, and it's back on the shelves.
3: Oh, is it? Yes, but I did not know that
5: Zantac 360 is not ranitidine; it is famotidine.
3: Oh, Pepsi.
5: So it's just, uh, extremely um, deceptive in a way because famotidine is Pepsi. And um, did you just say that? Yes. Did you just mm-hmm. say Pepsi? Okay.
4: Give thyself a.
5: Okay. There you go. So.
6: Good.
3: <laughs> but he's taking H2 blockers when he could be taking an entirely different Ooh. class of medication.
6: Hearken to thine inner voice and give thyself a bell.
3: Right. Oh, another one. Suck it. She's on a
6: roll, baby. She's and, on a roll. And, why don't you talk about that for a
3: minute? by far more effective, and it's called a proton pump inhibitor.
5: Yes. Now, why is it that... I'm, I'm going to pimp you on something about H2 blockers. Okay. Why is it that someone will take them, and then they just find that they but don't work anymore
3: It just gets
6: tachyphylaxis. Hearken to thine inner voice and give thyself a bell. (laughs)
5: Wow. Dang it. That is is absolutely right. That's exactly the right answer. Hang it up, baby. Hang it up. Tachyphylaxis. It only blocks
3: histamine, whereas a proton pump inhibitor blocks all three of the... Okay, I
5: can't give you any more bells. You're absolutely right. Belled out? Tasty wins. All three of the... um, (laughs) (laughs) I, I submit. Acid
3: producers in the stomach. Right, so so, there are
5: pumps, there, there are quantum devices, because a naked proton is a quantum object that is consisting of three quarks, and it's two up and one down or two down and one up, I can't remember. Uh, I used to know that cold, but it's a positively charged quantum object, then those things are just basically waves in there. It's crazy that we have a device in our stomach that can take a quantum object, before we even knew what the hell that was, and Mm. move it from one place to the other the way it wants to do it. And when you pump protons into the stomach, you drop the pH, okay? And so when you block those protons, you raise the pH and you decrease the... uh, Um, the um, amount of acid in the stomach. And the thing about them is, and Scott is not a fan, and I'm kind of not either. I wish I didn't have to take them. Mm -hmm. But once you get on them, it is harder than hell to get off. It really is. You you absolutely can't. And why is that so hard, Taste? There's a phenomenon. Because the
3: relief is, I mean, they're just so effective.
5: Well, that's true. And also, when you stop taking it, you get the rebound effect that. That
3: well, oh, okay.
5: Well, right now you know something about this, so tell me: is that a myth?
3: I mean, we we I I can't really talk about that.
5: Well, you. Uh, I'm,
3: I mean, I'm not. Is
5: there data that shows that the rebound phenomenon is not a real thing? Because you know, you can talk about that.
3: No, I can't. <laughs>
5: okay. So okay,
3: I, I'm I'm just saying.
5: Go ahead. Don't be uncomfortable. Just say what you can say. It's yeah. fine. There's a reason why Tacy has to be careful. Yeah, yeah.
3: I, I I do need to be careful. And and um, I I would say though, if you are taking any heartburn medication, yes, at all, yes, and it's not working for you, try taking it thirty to forty five minutes before you eat. Okay, because you need to fire those pumps up. Smelling the food mm-hmm. fires those pumps up. You get more pumps alive. That's more pumps you can kill. When you take the medication. Ooh,
5: okay. Very interesting.
3: So that but, is a, a lot of times patients' medication would not work, and it's because they weren't taking it properly. Right.
5: Right. And, and that
3: other, makes a big difference.
5: The other – timing is everything with some drugs. Mm-hmm. Statins are that way. If you take a statin during the day, it won't do anything. It blo- statins so block forgive you, yeah, okay. <laughs> statins block – Except for you neuropathy. Okay. Statins block block a um, – uh, an enzyme called HMD HMG CoA reductase, and you only produce that at night when you're not eating. You you know it's it's when you don't eat that you produce that, and you want to block that to stop making cholesterol. And uh, if you take it during the day because you're eating all day, um, you know it doesn't work. So uh, so timing is is uh, very important. Timing is everything. Now, and
3: if he has not tried. Um nexium or prevacid or protonics protonics is yeah. it over the counter yeah
5: Pantoprazole. yeah there's an over-the-counter i, pantoprazole. I, I
3: haven't paid attention there's a
5: lansoprazole pantoprazole and omeprazole and i don't know if esomeprazole is on the over-the-counter do you know yeah i guess Nex- it is nexium yes, yes yeah, it yeah. is
3: so, so um but those doses are half of the doses that uh, were prescribed correct So, um, but but you know you need to talk to your doctor before you take any of this stuff, because you're only supposed to take it for a shortened amount of time, and people get on these medications and um, keep going, sister. (laughs) Praise. They take them and they take them and they take them and you can't get them off of it, and and there could be something else going on. Right. So you need to talk to your doctor.
5: Yep, I was waiting to zip in and say, if you take these for a short period of time and you continue to have symptoms, you've got to get checked out.
3: Read mm-hmm. the label, do what it says. Our mm-hmm.
5: thing used to be we would give it to for people for six weeks, and if they still had symptoms, they had to get scoped. Now people take these things for years. Years and years and years. And they don't and tell years. their primary care that they're taking them because they're not prescription drugs. Mm-hmm. It's up my bottle, you yeah. know, at Walmart. <clears throat> and they forget or they just neglect to tell their primary care that they're taking those. Yeah. And so it's not on their med profile.
3: Yeah. So and they
5: think they're fine.
3: And if what you're taking over the counter is not working and you are taking a proton pump inhibitor, <laughs> you need to go see your doctor because you can get right. a stronger dose of that.
5: And if it is working, you need to tell them that you're taking it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. When you go to see your primary care, you got to tell them, Every single thing that you're taking, including supplements, mm-hmm. because sometimes, like, do any of your supplements or, you know,
6: your traditional Chinese yeah.
5: medications interfere with regular medications? Oh, they can. Sure can.
6: Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. yes. Give us yes, an example absolutely. of that. Well, well, you know, they've shown um, turmeric curcumin is yes. a little bit of a blood thinner. So if somebody's going in for a spinal, like an epidural <clears throat> Pardon me, or, or a surgery. I haven't stopped that before. Yeah, but just like you would, and and an ask yeah. They're real. They've sure. got yeah. real physiologic yeah. effects. Yep. So yeah, tell yep. them everything. Yeah, All right. Sure. Hey, and I've got a, I've got diesel diesel child's got a good question that kind of parlays onto this subject. Okay. If you're ready for one, <clears throat> sure. he's, he's just asking about his supplements, um, and 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 the reason this does matter is because he's taking some uh, astragalus, black currant oil, and some other vitamins that, that you. The Dr. Steve talked about for neuropathy. And he's wondering, does it matter oh. um, if you take them at certain times of the day or evening? Does it matter? Um, just like we're talking about with regular medic- prescription medications. Right. And the answer is yes. Well, okay. In, in well, some cases. Yeah. Some of yours, yeah. maybe. Yeah.
5: Yeah, yeah, Now, it depends. Like the alpha-lipoic acid and those things for neuropathy. I've not seen any data that shows it matters when you take it. Yeah.
6: yeah.
5: Uh, the reason that you have to... Watch it for certain things. Some some medications are affected by food in the stomach. Yes, and they won't absorb like so. a thyroid medicine. Okay. Yeah. And uh, uh, certain some yes, antibiotics absolutely. and stuff like that. Yep. <clears throat> so you uh, you know you if it says take it with food or take it in the absence of food, right. pay attention to that because that actually matters. Right. Now uh, the other thing is is you want to take your medications if it if there isn't any. Uh, caveat against taking it with food or taking it at a certain time of day, you pretty much can take it any time you want with or without regard to food. But you want to take it at a time when you know you're going to, by God, actually take it. Mm-hmm. And my thing is I take – if I have to take a twice-a-day drug, I'm probably not going to take it. I take all my medicines at night, mm-hmm. everything, my supplements, everything – I, I've got it once a day. I could,
6: that I can do. Yeah. And I can be consistent with it. And funny, I'm the exact opposite. I do all my 100% in the morning. Yeah, well, there you go. It's <laughs> just a, so I just all do it. And just see, it doesn't done, matter. Huh? It's yeah. just
5: do it the way that it's going to work for you. And I finally got one of those damn organizers because I got sick of opening up each bottle each Oh, night. yeah. And I take way more supplements than I take actual medication. Oh, me too. Yeah. And uh, so I um, put them all in one of those organizers and just plop it out of my hand and do it all in one fell swoop so anyway
0: all right very good
3: did we answer that question who knows solidly okay
0: today's episode is brought to you by angie angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well let me tell you there's the version of it where you try to do something at home and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you you watch them do it the right way and you go thank god i didn't try to do that myself i have fully Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly. Which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news...
3: Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out.
5: How are you? Good. How are you?
4: I'm good. Thank you. Oh, I'm glad. I have a medical question for you. Okay. Since all experts agree that laughter is the best medicine, would you be able to write a prescription (laughs) so that my fans, I mean patients, can... (laughs) send my Patreon bills to their insurance. (laughs) Patreon.com slash Cardiff Electric.
5: Very good. Thank you. I'm in favor of that. I do think laughter is the best medicine. It certainly helped me with my depression in the past. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, there's, you ever heard of Norman Cousins? Mm -mm. He was a journalist and he wrote a book called Anatomy of an Illness. And this Deal was is I think Norman Cousins had ankylosing spondylitis. Okay, gotcha. You want to tell people what that? Well,
6: about? ankylosing is an is it an arthritic condition where a lot of the bones in your your spinal column and your ribs and even your sternum will fuse together. Yes, that's and they exactly become right. one big okay. hard bone. Just you give yourself a bell. People gonna get sick of me playing bell. it That's exactly yes. true.
3: No, you have to play it. Okay,
5: I'm still losing. Right.
6: Give thyself a bell. Yes, thank you, Doctor Steve. Thank you.
5: <laughs> all right. And um, so he couldn't sleep. And so what he started doing was uh, watching 10-minute intervals of things like the Marx Brothers and things that he found funny. Okay. And he said that laughing for 10 minutes would let him sleep for two hours at a time. Even with that terrible pain. Even with the terrible pain, yeah. As early as the 13th century, doctors used laughter to relieve pain during surgery. (laughs) I'd like to see. We're going to do trephination now. And by the way... Um, you know, knock-knock. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> Trepanation, by the way, is where they would relieve migraines by by knocking a hole in your head with an ax. Yes.
6: So it's very delightful. Aye, aye. Uh, let's see. they the bit... Try not to move. <laughs> try to hold still. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> we don't want to miss. Anyway. Aye, aye.
5: Yeah. And then, you know, at pediatric hospitals, they've got people running around doing jokes and stuff. And when I do my... I do living wills with patients mm-hmm. and stuff, advanced, medical advanced care plans. And a lot of times they dread it because they think it's going to be morbid and we're going to be talking right. about death and dying. All of my patients leave laughing at some point. And then they'll go, wow, this was way better than I thought it was. Yep. you know, And so it goes by faster. Try to lighten it up. It's not like I'm uh, you know, making stupid gallows jokes. It's just trying to... Be naturally like uh, we are with everybody, just mm-hmm. joking and mm-hmm. uh, and making it a little bit more lighthearted because it it actually is just it, to just normalize it, mm-hmm. and well. I think that works in medicine. Most oh. of my patients appreciate the fact that. You know, I'll goof around, but I'm serious when I need to be serious. Sure. But well, we'll goof around a little well,
6: bit, too. And if nobody's ever seen it, there's some great YouTube videos, laughing yoga classes. Oh, really? For people who really don't feel well, there's actually laughing yoga classes. And I'm pretty sure it's... it's Laughing enough. yoga. Laughing yoga. It's, it's almost impossible to watch it and not start laughing. Really? Yeah.
5: Well, you know, laughter does have physiologic effects. Sure. And one of the things is, is it lowers... Um, uh, cortisol levels, and cortisol is a stress hormone, mm-hmm. so lowering it uh, decreases uh, your uh, body's uh, blood pressure, and if you do it long enough, it can decrease fat in your abdomen and stuff like that. I'm not saying laugh to lose weight, but uh, it, uh, <laughs> you know, there is some uh, evidence that laughter uh, strengthens your immune system because it increases the production of antibodies in saliva, you know, and that's pretty interesting. Shoot so, you. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty interesting. Yeah,
6: every so, little bit helps Dr. Yep. Steve.
5: So very good. Tried to uh, derail my show, Mr. Cardiff. Good luck. But, uh, the yeah. laugh is on you. Yeah. The laugh is birthday on you because I, because I turned it into a serious answer. That's right. Wait a minute. That's okay. I fucked up. Okay. There we go.
4: <laughs> Dr. Steve, I have a COVID related question for you. Okay. My wife tested positive for COVID. Okay. We're doing our best to, uh, Quarantine from one another. Yes. Um, but she is, she's craving some, some personal contact. Okay. So, uh, can, can she give me COVID from a blowjob?
5: Oh, if she's craving personal contact. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hey, Tacey, uh-huh. have you ever craved personal contact so much that you wanted? No, you just no, I,
3: no, sir. I have wait not. Wait to
5: give a guy a blowjob. No,
3: I have not. <laughs> but, you know, um. We're all different. <laughs> okay.
5: So, yeah, I guess maybe it's possible that she's really craving to give him a blowjob. But uh, let's, oh, good the good. only thing we can do is give you the new updated rules because I'm not going to yes. say yay or nay yes. to this other than quoting the rules. Because if I do anything else, then we're going to get deplatformed. And really, I, I could give bad advice either way. And then have there be a problem? Yeah. So you know, if you test positive, you have to follow uh, isolation recommendations, and you can see see this at cdc.gov/coronavirus. So uh, day one is the first full day after you had symptoms, if you had symptoms. Otherwise, day one is the first day following the day you were tested. So day zero would be the day you tested positive. Well, I'm sorry. That you were tested, and then if it, you tested positive, three days later, like if you did it at CVS, you get the result three days later. Day zero is still the day that you got tested. Okay? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Am I making sense? You you go through the line at CVS on Monday. You get tested. You don't get the results back till Thursday. Day zero is still the day that you got tested, not the day that you got the test back. But if you have home test and you test positive, it's pretty easy. So uh, day zero is the day you were tested if you took the um, you know the uh, home test and uh, or any day that you take any test and then um, if you have symptoms day zero is the day of symptom onset okay. So either the day you got tested or the day you had symptoms. So let's say you had symptoms on Monday, but you don't test yourself till Wednesday, mm-hmm. and then you're positive. Uh, day zero is still the day; is still Monday. Mm. Okay. Now, if you test positive for COVID, stay home for five days and isolate from others in your home. We did that by I put up a barrier in. Uh, uh, but this our guest room and I had a bathroom and I had uh, you had
3: you know, access to the studio
5: and I had access to the studio as well. And uh, so that was great. And then uh, you're likely most infectious during those five days. So if you have to be around others, uh, wear a high quality mask don't go to places where you're unable to wear a mask. And don't travel. I mean, come on. Stay home. Separate from others as much as possible. If, if you can, use a separate bathroom, and uh, don't share a personal household items like towels and utensils. Okay. Now monitor yourself. Make sure you're not getting sick sick because then you got to go to the hospital. Now um, you can end your isolation if you had no symptoms. You end isolation after day five. If you had symptoms and your symptoms are improving, you end isolation after day five if you're fever-free for 24 hours, okay? Now, if they're not improving, you got to continue to isolate until that is true, when you're fever-free for 24 hours and your symptoms are improving, okay? And then if you had moderate illness, you ended up, you know, probably going to the hospital, You got to um, isolate through day 10, and they'll tell you that at the hospital. So, okay. All right. So, there you go. And um, I did notice that blowjob isn't in that equation. (laughs) No, it's not Uh, anywhere. No. So, that's best I can tell you, dude. (laughs) You guys got to do what you got. What, you know, (laughs) I'm just telling you what the CDC says. All right. Um, Here's an interesting one. I think we've got time for this. Oh, well, let's do this one first. This one's important.
4: I was just calling myself, I really like Stacey the Loach and I like him to keep on calling. I was just calling several weeks ago and said, I'm not Stacey the Loach, but I, I like him. I'm going to keep my on calling, have him on the show for more, and punch him out." Well, there you go.
6: There you go. There you go. Stacy. Stacey, Stacey. always
5: says that we always just only play the bad calls that don't like him. Um, I will play 100%. I have played 100% of the calls that. Called where people say that they like every single go, one. Every single one. One. Every,
6: one. every single <laughs> one. That's right. <laughs> every single one. Way to go, Stacy. There you go. But we <laughs> we like Stacy. He's we forgiven. Love Stacey. He
5: we love Stacy. Was very naughty and uh he has paid his penance. But he brings space. treats. So it's okay. Yes, and he does. He's very. He's a
4: good boy. So yes. all right. Hey, Doctor Steve, Rob from Akron, Ohio, once again. Hey, Rob. Uh, I got a question. I was traveling this week in Oddly enough, I met two individuals who claimed their wives had gotten cancer, breast cancer specifically, and then instead of going to chemo, they chose to go with a Did he say they died?
5: No, that, they, they got, okay, they got, they breast, got cancer, yeah. breast
4: cancer. Okay, oh, cancer, breast cancer specifically. Wait. Oddly enough, I met two individuals who claimed their wives had gotten cancer, breast cancer specifically, mm. and then instead of going to chemo, they chose to go with a controlling or diet. Okay. And if they're, they're healthy and they're in remission, that's great. Oh, okay. Um, which got me to think, like, is there, is there odds of someone ha- being diagnosed with, say, a breast cancer and then not doing any treatment or changing their lifestyle and recovering? Because there, there seems to be a causal of if they're obviously better, I'm happy for them. Yeah, but, too. Was that something that could have happened without the changes in diet? Oh, no. Also, is there any evidence that diet changes, like reducing the sugars and things like that? Is there any study that shows it, uh, I guess, it's a positive outcome that actually makes it meaningful?
5: Yeah, um, okay. So we got to be, first off, there's lots of data that shows that Western medical approach to cancer care, although it can suck, has um, um, a, a decent, and particularly the earlier you catch it, yes. decent track record at producing cures if you catch it early. Yep. We're working on what happens if you catch it late. Mm-hmm. With this CAR T-cell therapy and stuff like that. But let's just talk about catching it early. When I am concerned about, all, when I hear these stories, is people go, well, I feel better. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they probably do feel better mm-hmm. if they're eating better and all that kind of stuff. But is the cancer smoldering and they're not aware of it? Are they keeping up with surveillance? Mm-hmm. So if, listen, it's a free country. You do whatever you want to mm-hmm. do. There are can be consequences both ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't do well, or if you've got a genetic uh, predisposition to doing poorly with things like five-fluorouracil um, uh, and things yeah, like that, medication, sure. Um, then, then you wish that you'd never seen the chemotherapy suite. Right, right. But those people are few and far between. It's you know, it's so rare that I've only seen that twice in my career. Mm-hmm. But uh, so, but it's free country. Just as long as you know the risk, benefits, and alternatives and know what the odds are. Mm-hmm. So now, uh, let's do talk about how you can improve things if you get cancer mm-hmm. by doing some lifestyle things yep. and standard treatment too. Uh, and again, prevention is the key
2: mm-hmm.
5: and catching things early is the key. Yes. So if you're a woman, examine your breast, get your pap smears done. If you're 45, get your colonoscopy done. We're going to be talking about Tacy's colonoscopy mm. next Yay. week, and uh, you know I mean, those kinds of yuck. things. So, okay, <laughs> that out of the way. Uh, dietary saturated fat from high-fat dairy products is associated with increased breast cancer mortality. So, if you want to decrease your odds of mortality from uh, from uh, breast cancer avoiding those things may be the way to go. Soy products... Have not been found to increase breast cancer recurrence and may actually reduce it. People are worried about soy because there's, you know, it has estrogen in it. That's not true. They have soy isoflavones which have some estrogen-like activity, Mm -hmm. but they're not estrogen. And actually, the studies that I've looked at show that those things do not increase your risk and again may actually decrease your risk of recurrence if you've had like stage two. Breast cancer gone through the red devil treatment and lump lumpectomy or mastectomy whatever you had, and uh, then uh, you know and, and then did surveillance after that. So soy products probably um, you know are beneficial. Western style diets high in processed grains, processed meats, and red meat, uh, and prudent diets that's high in fruits, vegetables, whole grains, and chicken had similar rates of breast cancer recurrence. So you really Just switching to a more, uh, more what quote unquote healthy diet may not be enough to do Mm -hmm. it, Mm -hmm. you know. But, um, avoiding dietary saturated fat, which sucks because that one of those is butter, Mm. um, and uh, increasing soy products may be helpful. Uh, Physical activity can reduce breast cancer mortality by about 40%. And has the most powerful effect of any lifestyle factor on breast cancer outcomes. Tacy's the strongest woman I've ever met. Mm. If breast cancer, you know, comes within 10 feet of her, it might as well just run. She's going to knock it out. She's going to beat its ass. She'll knock it out. Now, they do recommend 150 <laughs> so. minutes a week of physical activity. Mm. Uh, and less than 13% of patients with breast cancer actually get that for mm. her. Mm. And uh, weight management. So, patients who are obese or overweight um, at breast cancer diagnosis have a poorer prognosis. There are some cancers that being overweight is actually beneficial. B- bene- well, beneficial, they live longer. Okay, okay. Um, it is uh, possible for patients to uh, attain meaningful weight loss, but there's few data on whether this actually improves breast cancer outcomes. So, if you're already heavy, when you get the breast cancer, there's not data showing that if you then turn around and lose the weight, that's going to fix things. Gotcha. Now, they do know that weight gain during or after breast cancer treatment increases the risk of recurrence, reduces survival. And that is irrespective of baseline body mass index. So if you um, get breast cancer, one thing you really don't want to do is go, well, hell, I can just, you know, I'm just going to... Smoke it up. Yeah. Eat it up. Eat yeah. it up. Drink uh, it up. Uh, yeah. yeah. D- try, do what you can to not gain weight. Right. You don't want to lose a lot of weight either, so it is kind of a fine line. But mm-hmm. that's an interesting study. So. And anyway, obviously smoking uh, sucks. And if you smoke, you're more likely to uh, have uh, reduced uh, uh, long-term prognosis uh, with breast cancer. And uh, those who quit smoking after a diagnosis have higher overall survival. So uh, if you smoke and you get breast cancer, we've talked about some things you can do. A big one is quit smoking. So exercise, oh, quit smoking. All you have, you know, check your stupid nuts for lumps doesn't apply, but get all the things ass. that we talked about, get off your ass and get mm-hmm. some exercise and we'll see you in one week for the next edition of Weird Medicine. So all of that makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, not a lot of uh, consistent data on alcohol. So, um, you know, uh, limiting alcohol consumption, however, to uh, one or fewer drinks a day reduces the risk of a second primary Oopsie. breast cancer. Well, you haven't had the first primary. So if, you know, God forbid, if you had a primary breast cancer, then reducing your alcohol consumption to one or fewer uh, drinks a day will reduce the risk. doesn't make it zero, but reduces the risk of getting a second oh. breast cancer that's independent of the first one. Mm. All right. And then... Um, Moderate increases in dietary vitamin C may, may reduce breast cancer mortality, but that was a non-randomized trial, so we were looking for randomized data on that. Uh, Vitamin E doesn't seem to have any effect, and again, low levels of vitamin D at diagnosis are associated with a greater risk of breast cancer mortality, but this may be... A marker rather than a cause, because there isn't any data that shows that if you uh, take vitamin D supplements, that it seems to make any difference. All right, you got anything else? No. What are you guys looking at over there? The end of the show. Whispering amongst yourselves. The end of the show. Did you think we would make it to the end of the show? How many times did we get interrupted?
3: I mean, a million.
5: Yeah. Hopefully, it's not too painfully obvious to those listening. Well, it looks like we've got one more in the uh, waiting room. Um, and actually, it's Patty. Let's listen to this one. And see if, if hey, we Dr.
2: Steve, it's Peppermint Patty.
6: Wait, we did
5: do this. How are
2: you? Good. How are you? got Yo-Yo. Yo-Yo. Nancy, how are you? And mm-hmm. PA Lydia. Hello. There, hello. Mm-hmm. I have a question. <clears throat> Pardon me. I have, I've had two severe close set injuries and no, I didn't answer headaches that don't stop no, so certain medications. I've been able to manage those. However, I do get uh, from time to time these flashing light, ribbon-up light type things that aren't always preceded with a migraine. Often they are, but not always. Here is my question. I looked up to see what this was about, and what I read on Google that the, <laughs> sorry. I don't know how you say this, so pardon me while I butcher this, the vitreous vit- virtuos- gel, Oh, yeah, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah vitreous. vitreous the eye. clearly. <clears throat> Here's my question, because a lot of people deal with headaches. When do you know, like, okay, not to worry about this, and when do you know to worry uh, about yes. it? Yes, excellent question. Because it's, Someone who suffers from headaches and migraines on a fairly consistent basis, yeah. most of them, I don't worry about it. But I'm like, when do you worry about it? Cause
5: That's a great question. So when, when do you worry about something like this?
2: I don't know.
5: Um, so if you've had migraines your whole life and you always get the ocular migraine, which is the flashing sort of uh, marquee lights in the upper outer quadrants of your vision – whether it's associated with a headache or not, mm-hmm. sometimes it will be, sometimes it won't be. and it's thought to be decreased blood flow to certain parts of the brain where the visual cortex is is understanding signals from the outside. Okay. And uh, when you get spasm of these arteries and then uh, you get dilation of the artery, that's when the when, you know when the artery starts to uh, relax, that's when you get uh, the pounding, Headache because the arteries are dilated and the body thinks that they're ripping, even though they're not. And that pulsation that you get from the heartbeat causes a pounding headache, right? Mm. Um, but sometimes you just get the ocular flashes and but you don't get any headache with it. And um, if you've been having those since you were 18, the first time it happened, you probably got checked out. Yes, I remember seeing people that were 17, 18 years old that had numbness in their left arm, and that could be associated with migraine as well. And uh, so once they figure out, well, that's just my migraine, they take their migraine medicine. But if you have something different, where you get a flashing, you know, shooting light in your, uh, in your eye, one side or the other, um, that can be a sign that the vitreous, which is the gel-like, very clear jelly that's in the eye that transmits light from the outside to the inside to the retina, has pulled away from the retina, and it's actually tearing the retina. If you have that, like lightning flash, especially when you move your eye a certain direction, you, that is an emergency. You need to get that checked out. So the, the big thing is, is, is it different? Have, is it something that you've had checked out before, and now this is different, or is it the first time you ever had it?" So we used to talk about sex headaches on this show back when we did interesting questions. And, um, not that Patty's isn't interesting. I don't mean that, I'm talking about it in general. Uh, people would call in saying, every time I bust a nut, I get this horrendous headache. Well, you know, we're always told when you have the worst headache of your life, you need to uh, get it checked, right? And then after that, if it happens every time you bust a nut and they've told you this is a sex headache, you can ignore it after that to the best of your ability or take the medication that you're supposed to take to prevent it. So uh, same thing with blood in the stool. If you see blood in your stool, the Dr. Steve's rule of blood in the stool is the first time that you see it, you got to get it checked out. Check it out. It's the first time you have blood in your semen, get it checked out. The first time you have a you know a bloody nose as an adult, get it checked out. Make sure that it isn't anything more serious. And then once they tell you, no, it's your hemorrhoid, or it's totally benign, and then you hit somebody's car and the cops come after you, or you um, uh, you know have uh, whatever test and they say it's completely benign, you don't have to worry about it, then uh, then you can ignore it. So that's the answer, yep. is if you don't recognize this symptom and it's something weird like that, get it checked out. And if it's something you've had over and over again, then you feel pretty confident that's what it is and you can ignore it, if you've been told that you can ignore it. Okay? Mm-hmm. All right. Alright. Anything else?
3: No. No.
5: Excellent question, Patty. Sorry it took so long for us to get to it. Uh thanks to everyone at um uh in our
6: shit. <laughs>